If you will, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be looking uh, beginning in verse 14. Lisa Holland was good enough to give me some uh, spiced apple cider earlier for my throat. So if I start wobbling around up here, and uh, you'll know what uh, Team 3 has to look forward to when uh, services are over. No, I'm just kidding, Lisa. I really do appreciate it. It really did help. <clears throat> so that song we just sang, Wonderful Words of Life. And when we think of the wonderful words of life, we should really be thinking about the fact that the wonderful words of life were given to us by God through his word. Ronald Reagan once said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Oh, how true that is. It is our guide to all matters of faith and practice. The book of Psalms in 119 and verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The wonderful words of life are given to us through the pages of God's word. And therefore, we as Christians, those who strive to be Christ-like in our lives, must look to God's word for the wonderful words of life of how we are to conduct ourselves and how we are to live not only in this life, but in preparation for the life to come in heaven eternally. According to the text, Timothy had been taught the Bible from a very early age. It guided him through life and it lit his way or illuminated his way through the things that he should be doing according to God's word. And, of course, we as Christians can understand and know that the word of life that we have been provided through God's word can illuminate our way for how we are to conduct ourselves as Christians today. For if the Bible had never been written, we would be poor and desolate. However, people of all walks and stations of life have had many better things because... Of the Bible being written. Our text this evening comes from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, through the end of that chapter, verse 17. I'm going to go ahead and read those verses, and then we're going to look at those verses individually. Beginning in verse 14 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work." The wonderful words of life were not given to us as a partial formula of how to get to heaven. But they were given to us as the full formula of how to get to heaven. 
And therefore, we should cherish them, we should love them, we should appreciate them, and we should preach them from the housetops to make sure that others understand the wonderful words of life that God's Word provides to all of mankind. John Locke once said, The Bible is one of the greatest blessings bestowed by God on the children of men. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture for its matter. It is all pure, all sincere, nothing too much, nothing wanting. Notice what we learn from Paul as he wrote to Timothy about the book of books, the wonderful words of life. The Bible contains holy scriptures. We note that here in our text in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first part of verse 15. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures. Literally, sacred letters directly from God. We as Christians need to never be guilty of mistreating the Bible or handling it inappropriately. Or going to passages to prove something that God's Word truly has not ever said. We need to handle it aright, the Word of God. We need to make sure that we study God's Word on a continual basis to help us be the very best Christians that we can be. And keeping things in context is so vitally important in our lives. Its message is consecrated for sacred use. That is the use for God's people. Regardless of the form used, whether it be the printed page, whether it be digital, whether it be the memorized Word of God... The message should be reflected in our rightly handling the word of our Lord and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the Bible is definitely the wonderful word of life. Number two, the Bible leads us to salvation. Notice, if you will, 2 Timothy chapter 3, the latter part of verse 15 there. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Humans or humanity's common problem is sin, is it not? Sin entered the world through long ago from Adam and Eve, partaking of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God told them not to partake of. Yes, we know that Satan tempted them. As he disguised himself as a serpent and told Eve, this is good for eat. And she did tempt Adam and he did eat. And when God came into the garden, he asked the interesting question. I always thought this was interesting. He said, where are you? And then he said, they said, God Do not look upon us because we're naked. And he said what? He said, who told you you were naked? For them partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that showed them that they were naked. Thus, sin is our greatest need in life. Because of sin, our greatest need in life is what? Forgiveness. 
is salvation from sin. It's what God gives us through His Word. The Bible reveals the mind and purpose of God. Redemption of humanity. Luke chapter 1 and verse 68. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people. Can't be separate and apart from what God's Word says. That is the only way by which the people of God are redeemed is because God loved us enough to send His Son to die on a cruel cross that through our belief and obedience to that Word, we might have salvation and we may be redeemed from sin. God has provided for us in Christ Jesus reconciliation. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll begin in verse 17, and this is a lengthy reading. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors to Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. God sent his son who knew no sin to be sin for us. And because of that sacrifice that was made, we can have reconciliation to God and be in the proper standing with God so that one day we can receive that home in heaven. God gives us grace. He gives us knowledge. Our deepest need has been met. Christ came and made the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, so that we could have a heavenly home one day. We're not saved by our own mental ascent or something that we do or the works that we do or the wonderful things that we do about coming and worshiping God every Sunday and, and being here on the pew. That's not what gets us there. What gets us there is that we're committed to walk in the light as He is in the light, to have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ will continuously cleanse us from our sins. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Only because of the blood of Christ are we able to do that. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves separate and apart from what God's Word tells us to do. God gives us grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. What is that indescribable gift of God? It is grace. 
Grace is that unmerited favor, that which God has given us without us being deserving of it. Let us as Christians appreciate what God's grace means to us. We must in turn receive the grace by living obedient in our faith to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, And having been perfected, He became the author and eternal of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. Therefore, there are things that we have to do in order to be pleasing to God. We must obey God, not partially, but completely. Now, God understands that we're never going to live our lives sinlessly perfect. He doesn't expect that from us. Christ was that sacrifice for us. But He does expect us to be the proper examples to one another. He does expect us to show our love and care for one another and continue to love one another and help each other make it to heaven one day. God expects that from us. Therefore, we need to be careful what we say, what we do, what we post on Facebook. We need to be careful of all of those things for the example we are to others. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, these things I have written to you, to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. We as Christians should thank God for the wonderful words of life. Point number three. The Bible is true and dependable. Notice, if you will, from our text in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first part of verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible is true and dependable to the Christian. It is all that we need pertaining to life and godliness. The phrase inspired by God literally means God breathed. As if though God spoke those words His very self, those words are God-breathed. God actually gave the writers His message. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God moved them through the Holy Spirit as if though He was talking Himself. We can see many other verses throughout the Bible that will help us with that. As Paul clearly stated, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. And remember, prayer is how we talk to God, but the Bible is how God talks to us. So we need to hold it not only as the Bible, but the Holy Bible, reverent and sacred, and profitable for all that we need to make it to heaven one day. Praise the Lord for the wonderful words of life that He has given us through His Word. Point number four. The Bible is profitable in all areas of living. 
in all areas of living. Notice, if you will, Second Timothy chapter 3, the latter part of verse 16. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Lexicons use words such as useful or beneficial or advantageous in defining the word profitable. I would agree with all of those. For the, for the word of God is profitable. It is advantageous. It is beneficial to all those who come in contact with it. The true reverence of heart and life of God is profitable. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Also, good works of God's people are good and profitable for men. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. The scripture is profitable. It is useful. It is beneficial. It is advantageous in setting forth God's truth by which one's heart and one's life is governed by God's holy word. Paul gives Timothy a quartet of truths upon which to settle his life there in the latter part of verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. It is profitable for doctrine, that which is right. It is profitable for reproof, that which is not right. It is profitable for correction, how to get right. And it is instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. The wonderful words of life God has given us. The greatest gift that was given to man separate and apart from Christ dying on the cross was the word of God. We should treasure it. I think about my library and how many different um, Bibles that I have and different Bibles that I own. And there's people in the world who don't even have one. How beneficial that is to us. For the wonderful words of life are alive and powerful, especially in the life of a Christian. Point number five. The Bible equips us for service. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. As I said before, there's no magic formula, no shortcut to spiritual maturity. We must pick up God's word and study it and make application of those things in our lives in order to make us pleasing to God. As one faces the need of spiritual maturity or development in one's life, the words of Scripture underscore the importance of the true guide in life and helping us to get to heaven one day. Thereby, the fully equipped man, ready unto every good work, is shaped and molded into Christ Jesus. The wonderful words of life that we have in the pages of God's Word help transform us into something better. Something wonderful. Something that will live for eternity. One day with God in heaven. Scripture. God's inspired word guides us in becoming and being the people of God. 
May we as Christians ever cherish it, appreciate it, love it, and let it help nourish us into every good work, into all things that we should do, and transforming us to be more Christ-like, and ultimately helping us to make it to heaven one day. As my brother Charles Abel says, the message is yours. The wonderful words of life provide to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. It is very important for us, if you aren't already a Christian, to hear the Word of God. To believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To repent of your sins. Stop sinning on purpose. Have that change of mind. Confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. If you are a Christian and you committed a sin um, publicly and need public repentance, then certainly this is the time to do that as well. Or if you need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to offer you an invitation to come forward now as together we stand and as we sing.